Hello. Hello, Captain. Hello. How are you? Lieutenant, how are you? (laughs) What's up? Hello, Governor. (laughs) Ah, what is up? Yeah. What is up? What are you doing up there? What am I even doing? What are you even doing? What is happening? Gosh. Oh, my God. (laughs) What? (laughs) What is... Oh, uh, you think I should try a different mic? Yeah. Do it um, now. Do it right now. Okay. I wonder if I should try the um, the other sure again. You're on the SMB? Yeah, SM7B? Or, okay. This is the Marco suggested right, right, mic. Right. 87A? Something like that? Is that right? Yeah. Is that an, about a mic beta? Sounds all right. Sounds yeah, yeah, all right. I got, yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try and mix things up a little bit. You know, microphones are so subjective. Yeah. You know, it's, it's impossible to say, this is a good mic. What you can say is, here's the microphone's dynamic range. Here's this one's got a how, super cardiac. Here's how, much, <laughs> here's how much gain it requires. I mean, those are the facts. But, mm-hmm. you know, my favorite mic might be the worst mic for your voice and vice versa. You know, it, it's so subjective. But I want to sound like a drive-time DJ. I want a super compressed. Then I want to sound like I'm on the radio. You want like a condenser mic uh, with really good sound compress, insulation. Compress, uh, yeah. Compress yeah. it down. Yeah, I don't know. I shouldn't mess with it. I, you know, if it works, uh, don't break it. You know, <laughs> like they say. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> you know they, what I mean? They do say that. <laughs> I could probably put that in a more... Clever and sticky way. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm closing my windows. I'm closing. See, I like to, I, when I come in, I bring a 100%. I know. You know that's, why we, that's why people listen. Thank you, man. I, I, I really try to, uh, to get my focus and, you know, eye of the tiger. Mm-hmm. Um, so, things going all right? Yeah, things are fine. Things are good. Mm-hmm. Today's good. a good day so far. Yeah, yeah. Good day for us, too. School's back in. We survived that. We had a fantastic jubilee, really, really good jubilee this year, and um, and uh, and a, so far, you know, knock on my stolen table, uh, it's uh, it's been pretty stress free getting back to school, which is good. Getting back in the swings. I this is this year. I got a little in in a happy way. I got a little blue with the end of jubilee. I had such a good jubilee this year, and then you know we took down the tree, we took down the wreath, which I really like. I like our wreath. We buy a fresh wreath. Yeah. And it smells like a wreath. Uh-huh. And then we took that down, and I was a little bit sad. Although, although my, my Nest Cam does get a much much better uh, POV without the wreath. Don't be creepy. Um, <laughs> yeah. was, your, was your Jubilee good? Yeah, it was super good. Yeah. Relaxed, you know. Well, a lot of Zelda. A lot of Zelda. Oh, yeah. I finally hooked it up to the TV. Oh, what do you think? What does she oh. think? Mm. She's mad I'm using it at all. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's why I had to buy my own. I know. Well, I've, I've looked. But I thought, you know, that's a bridge too far. But, um, yeah, no, it, it looks really good. Uh, on the TV that I've got, I kind of wish it was even bigger than 1080, but it's it's still really pretty. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, yeah, because you've got one of those real up. fancy, Ooh. fancy pants T4K, mm-hmm. 4 million TVs, right? Something like that. Yeah, but, oh, boy, the Comcast. Woo-hoo! Woo! Boy. Because, you know... Um, the, I mean, there's probably an option somewhere for saying, I, I imagine there's an option, maybe just even at the Apple TV level where you would say, do this as, two, two, as a 1080, like don't do this as 4K. Mm. But like, you know, it does look really good, but wow, does it ever push some bandwidth through? 
It's crazy. Yeah, I bet, I bet. I hadn't even thought about that, really. Yeah, last, and so I've been going in, you know, Comcast, I I imagine that you can do this with Time Warner. You can go in and it'll show you your usage. And of course, you also get your JavaScript insertion pop up sometimes to go, hello, did you know you'd used almost all of the internet? (laughs) And I hit that in like, (laughs) God, like around the 20th, I hit my cap. Wow. Which, which I, I've, I'd only hit my cap a couple times before, but each month the bandwidth goes up. And I, I'm pretty sure in this case it's because of 4K. So like, you know, Christmas morning, uh, Netflix has a variety of different fireplaces you can run on your TV. Oh, yeah. We did one and, of those. Yeah, but that thing's running at 4K for three hours. Oh, man. <laughs> think about that. And that's a lot of – if you think about – I mean, I don't know a lot about this, but – just from things I've gotten off the back of the tr- truck, I know that an animated feature is much smaller in size. Let's, let's say a 90-minute animated feature is much smaller in megabytes or yeah. gigabytes than you know something that has a lot of complexity. If you like watched a movie about water, it would probably take a lot of uh, you know frames and stuff. So I mean, that's a lot of stuff changing every frame <clears throat> when you're running a fireplace. Yeah, because you got you got uh, the little embers, you've got the glowing, you've got the flames flicking, you've got yeah, all of that. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much. What's the word I'm looking for? Interpolation that you can do. Yeah. Anyway, but I, I mean, 1080p, 1080p. You know what? I'm gonna stop talking about this because I don't know what I'm talking about. But I had a very good jubilee. I got some nice stuff. I got a I got a fourth doctor uh, figure that I like a lot with his long scarf. Um, I got some soap. Um. It was a good. It was a. It was a good year. Yeah, big year, year. huge year. <laughs> I miss Jubilee. Um, so well, now we're you know we're officially really well and truly back at it. Yeah, no more excuses. The show's got to be good now. Yeah, you think you release this? The show? No. I mean, okay. I only release the. So good we ones. can just talk. Okay, we can just talk about whatever we want, right? Yeah. We don't even need a reason. No. Okay. Uh, well, here's what I've got. I've got a couple of bits of follow-up and front matter. Uh, I've got some feedback uh, and questions and comments from listeners. Okay. And I, I, I tossed you an idea, a really poorly formed idea <laughs> that I wanted to try as a trial balloon. I like it. I thought it was fun. It's trial really, no, balloon? it's really, it's late in our marriage, Dan. We've got to mix it up a little bit. This is going to be the garter belt for our podcast title. Oh. Which is, like, you come in and you say, like, you need a new, you need a new angle, you need a new trick. And so I had this idea that, that may last exactly as long as this week. It was originally called Three Things I Learned This Week, but I, I thought that sounded too much like something I'd write on 43 folders. I rejected that. I just wanted to introduce three interesting thought technologies that I learned about this week and um, basically three Wikipedia articles I read. Okay. I like That's this. I, I like this, this idea. You, well, I thought it was interesting because it's uh, – you know, I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to try and start keeping a little record of like when I run across something that is on the one hand like a whole – like a new idea to me. I want to like take note of that. But also what I love also is um, when you get a name for something you didn't know had a name is always very satisfying to me. That seems like part of a well-rounded education is like, oh, that's a thing. I, I've thought about that idea. I didn't know that was a named idea. Right. So, you know, three things I learned this week, three interesting thought technologies, three interesting uh, uh, Wikipedia articles. That's what I got this week. What do you got this week? I mean, that that's all I came prepared to talk about because you What's said funny? you said that and I said, you know, and I of course, you know, I could talk about <laughs> I could talk about the switch all you want. You see really enjoying all it. I've been doing basically okay, well, besides I'll, I'll try and log some more time on it when my kids not around. She gets real territorial about it. And I, you know, I got, I've learned at my age to pick my fights, pick my battles. Just, you know get, I mean? just get another you get your own no it's costly I, I i'm not going to go to the mattresses about a video game unit no but yeah you know um 
Maybe, maybe. Uh, I got two pieces of uh, front matter. Hey, you guys, it's back. Ungainly X-Man meetup oh, number 2018. Oh, uh, uh, it's number 20. We're already up to 20. Jiminy Christmas. I should go figure out when the first one was. Ungainly X-Man meetup. You can learn about this by going to MerlinM.com slash meetup. Yes, I finally, on the 9th of January, remember, remember to update the copyright date on my Squarespace uh, site. Uh, but Ungainly X-Men Meetup is a thing we do periodically. We do three to five times a year where you come out to Two Cats Comics, 320 West Portal Avenue in San Francisco. Uh, Ungainly X-Men Meetup number 20 is going to be on this uh, Thursday after this one. Thursday, January 18th. Oh, I got to change the year. I didn't change the year in this one. Oh, escape. I'm clicking. <laughs> oh, that's going to confuse people so much. I got to change this in real time. Yeah, like I don't want to hear about it a year ago. Yeah, yeah, it's not helping anybody. I'm clicking. I'm clicking edit. Oh, it's so easy to use Squarespace oh, 2000. Bulletin, news, news flash, news flash. What'd I do? What'd I do? Did I tell you about uh, what happened in our neighborhood with the speed humps? No, but write it down. All right. We'll circle back. Uh, but here, it's just a nice thing we do at my favorite comic book store, my local, as you say, which is Two Cats Comics, 320 West Portal Avenue. You come on out. It's in West Portal, which is like right by West Portal Station. So like you can take all kinds of muni there. You can take your Lyft there. Don't take Uber. It's a terrible company. But you come out. You come out to Two Cats Comics, 320 West Portal Avenue, and you come out. And something like three to 28 really nice people will be there to hang out. And here, here's the thing. Bottom line. If it's just me and Christian and you – Christian's the, the kind of the owner among owners at Two Cats, who's a super nice guy, plays bass, and he's he's really cool and knows lots of stuff. You come out and you just you just hang out and we talk. There's just the three of us, or the twenty seven of us. And I'm planning to I'm planning to stop by there when I'm in town later this month. When you're in Frisco, go go by and and so uh, it's just a fun thing. It's it is an opportunity. Uh, if if for some unknown reason you've ever wanted to meet and say hello to me, this is a chance to do that uh, in a place that's not super creepy. And you can come out and we can meet and we can shake hands and get a photo. But we can also if that's the kind of thing you like. But you can also just to ha- get to hang out. And the benefit also is you meet some other really nice people. If you're in town, uh, if you're in the vicinity, uh, you come on out. It's a uh, it's a ungainly X Men meetup number twenty three twenty West Portal Avenue, San Francisco. Uh, you go to merlinm.com/slash/meetup for details. Uh, Thursday, January eighteenth, seven thirty to nine p.m. Two Cats Comics. Be there or be square. Brrr. They got lots of good figures. They got lots of Wonder's Woman. Uh, they got some. Oh, I got to explain Harley Quinn to John Roderick yesterday. That was interesting. Explain what her backstory? I mean, he he's, John, I think, is aware of the Margot Robbie portrayed character probably from movie trailers. Yeah. And he was using Harley Quinn in an analogy. And I got to bring to bear my little bit of knowledge about the Harley Quinn mm. um, origin mm-hmm. story, mm-hmm. which I think was on the animated series. Yes, it was. Which people say is really good. But um, I've got the um, the comic of that that I like a lot. Oh, I've never read that. Which is called Mad Love, if memory serves. And it's Bruce Tim, is that the guy's name? Who uh, who's the I want to say Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim. Is that who does it? Yeah, yeah Bruce two, Tim. two M's on the Bruce Tim. Yeah, he has such a neat style. Um so that was kind of fun. We had a, actually you know what? I rarely do this. I'm not one to do too much promotion of other things, but I know a good one when I smell it. And yesterday's Roderick on the line was really good. We talked about stuff and uh, it was really good. And John Pop it in, in the show notes, I would say. Uh, okay, well, thank you. Um John told what I am here to argue is probably maybe the most John Roderick story I've ever heard. 
<laughs> well, that didn't involve possums. Right. Um, <laughs> okay. Of all, uh, amongst the stories that do not involve getting your teeth kicked out on a curb or, or, or wildlife in your walls or having your passport stolen and found in a crackhead's trunk, <laughs> right. this, this, is, this is a really classic one. It's, um, I can't wait to it. listen to it. Oh, you. Um, you're under no obligation to do that. Episode two. No, that's that's one of the few podcasts that I that I still listen to. From you listen the days to of it? Old. Yeah, of course. Oh shit, doc. Oh, excuse me. Blip that. I didn't know <laughs> no, that. No, it's the show will never oh, air. We you. don't have to do. Okay, good, 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 good. Blip that. Um, oh, that's one of my to, favorite uh, favorite uh, old timey uh, shows. It's like um, yeah. You know, everything else I listen to is, is Baby new. Butlers. Baby butlers. <laughs> uh, so it's at Roderick on the Line. It's episode two seven three one kilometer. The problem. It was the first thing that John had ever finished. Uh, you can also see Roderick on the Line at Sketchfest if you want to go see us there. We'll be there next Tuesday. That's Look exciting. at me promoting. I know. <laughs> it's like listening to Pod Save America, am I right? <laughs> um, six <laughs> minutes of fast forwarding. Uh, so, uh, hey, everybody. <laughs> Let's get started. What a week. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, Dan. How many do you think you listen to in, a, in an average all week? All of them. All of them. Listen to all of them. <laughs> all of them. Yes, yes. Um, which, you know that should also be a regular feature is new podcasts we're listening to okay um, but that's pretty much all I got there's three things I just promoted but you can go to show notes for this episode to uh, find out how to uh, go and listen to the uh, episode called One Kilometer Dan where would people find show notes for episode 358 of your back to work program uh, it would be at 5 by is that right 358 is that, is that even possible yeah that's right oh gosh 5by5.tv slash B is in brothers, 2 is in the number, W is in walrus, slash 358. 358. 355 more than people thought I would do. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a, a neat thing to mention and suggest. Uh, I, I, I want to credit my internet friend who told me about this, but I also don't want to... Um, Get, break his cover. I'll just say, my friend Michael, thank you very much, my friend Michael. Um, go to mypodapp.com. Mypodapp.com. Yeah. All right. It's a phishing scam. Gotcha. Ah, spearfish. No. <laughs> mypodapp.com. And uh, my friend introduced me to this. Um, it is currently not super duper easy to hear all of the great shows via your Amazon lady in a tube. Uh, you can utilize TuneIn to listen to streaming radio. If your podcast doesn't have a stupid name like Dubai Friday, you can sometimes call it up and not have it be about the country Dubai. Um, <laughs> but but, but this, is a, this is a really neat thing. This is a, so my, my pod and this very this modest little page, the notion is you've got an Amazon lady in a tube and you want to listen to podcasts on it. Maybe you even want to listen to podcasts that are behind like a name and a password, right? You've got like a, a, a bespoke feed. So you go into your Alexa app on the web or uh, <laughs> Alexa, stop. You go into your lady in a tube page <laughs> and you enable the skill called my pod. And then you go to this page on your, uh, on your internet computer. You go to mypodapp.com and you log in with your Amazon creds to authenticate. And it lets you go in and create lists I only have one list, but in that list, uh, I have my own little list of podcasts that I want to listen to. I can put in my HuffDuffer link. I have links to other things that I do, but it's just a really neat way. And then you just hail it and you say, Dingus, oh, what is the, what is, I've only done this like five times yet, but it's like, Dingus, tell my pod to play my HuffDuffer links. 
something like that. You can even point it at a page that has audio on it and it'll do the heavy lifting for you. Isn't that a neat idea? Did I put that terribly? No, I think you made sense out of it. Um, I'm just it's reading a, it's a, it's a, it. It's a skill. It's a skill it's a, for it's an, It is a Yeah, it is an Amazon tube skill. And it seems to make sense. This is pretty cool. I wonder why, because I was just reading an article this morning that was talking about uh, how, I guess, how more people are listening to even more podcasts now because of the Amazon tube. Oh, really? Is that true? Yes, because it's this is now everyone has these speakers all around. And since you have the speaker, you want to play something on it. This yes. is what you play. Now, I know that you can do that. Spotify has podcasts on it. Right. Uh, and I believe you can ask it to play something via Spotify. And I think if you were to ask it for a podcast that was on of the few that are on Spotify, that that's another way to get to it. I'm not positive of that. I have some, I have some bullets on this. Okay. Um, first of all, I believe you said this program is available on Spotify. Is it that is. Correct? Yes, it is. Uh, I've been very, very, I, you know how me, how I am. You know, you know how me, you know how me, <laughs> you know how me is always two things with me. Uh, I don't like working with companies and I don't trust anybody, especially carpet baggers. And right. so like I pushed away from the various things where people are like, oh, so like, why isn't your podcast on, you know, less and such thing? I'm like, well, I hope you never put your podcast on there because you agree. We've talked about this. You agree to so many things that they could do to your podcast and they rehost it and they screw it up. And I was persuaded um, to b- buy in on having the Dubai Friday podcast added to Spotify. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we did it for exactly one reason. Well, first of all, we made all kinds of demands and said, we can pull this anytime. You're not going to screw with the feed, la, 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 la. And they're like, yes. But the neat thing is the whole reason we did it was so that you'd be able to listen to it more easily via Spotify on your dingus. And so, yes, I can, I can co-sign that that is, that is a true thing. I do not have or use Spotify, so I have not tested it. But if you do have and use uh, Spotify, you should be able to listen to many of the great shows, several of the great shows. <laughs> um, but this is also neat because um, I wish they would extend this. It, it, hmm. Okay, so, so you can point it at a Google Drive folder. I love this idea. I've been wanting this for so long. You can so let's say you've got a bunch of your ad hoc audio. It could be you know I guess audiobooks. I don't know whatever it is you've ripped. You throw it all into a Google Drive folder. You point the MyPod app at it and that make that a list, and it makes your own little ad hoc podcast out of audio files, which I think is such a neat idea. I would love to be able to do that with Dropbox, which yeah. is my preferred way to do that. That I would be love very to say, cool. yeah, I would love to say you know, and, and I guess you you can kind of do this with Overcast by uploading. Which is a it's a fantastic feature that I use almost every day because of the nature of the stuff that I do. But um, I mean, I have two dream things that I would like. One dream thing is I have a folder on Dropbox. I point a thing at, and it makes a podcast list out of it automatically. I don't even care if the titles are ugly. I guess it could pull out metadata. That would be neat. But like, I just want a way to listen to podcasts without having to upload them a, a second time and download them a second time. In some cases, well, and you know um, what's what's interesting is for me. Whenever I, I use a lot of different apps to listen to podcasts, part of it is because, really? yeah, because 
I'm always working on Fireside. I'm always needing to check oh, how sure. the feeds work in different apps. And every time a new app comes out, I have to test it with Fireside and make sure the new version does everything right. And, you know, how does it look? People will ask for tech support and they'll say, oh, I was doing this in such and such an app and the links don't show up. And, I, and then I can know and I can say, oh, well, right. that one doesn't support it's links. It's like being an iOS developer and needing different devices. It, that's of. exactly a perfect way to describe it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm always trying them out, trying different things. I need to get an another android device so that i can test on android but long story short you know i'm always trying different different ones and it's frustrating because like a lot of space on my phone gets taken up by all of these apps which i'm using to download essentially all the same podcasts and i i would love it if you know there was just some way to have kind of have everything centralized and just pull them down but i, I don't know what that would look like it's a weird request, isn't it? I have a corner I've, case. No, not not really. I mean, I I I think <clears throat> right now, if, if I could just say, here's my subscription, I can access these in any app that I want. You know, well, I mean, a better app or a good app. So I may not understand exactly what you're asking, but uh, I mean, a good app like Overcast will import and export OPML, which helps a lot. Like you know, um, one one of the great things Marcos had since the beginning is this very liberal idea of like, Hey, if you don't like this, go use another app. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't, if you don't like it, please stop using it. Don't send me support requests. But the notion is you just click here and that shoots an OPML at, uh, the app of your choice. That's one way to do it right now. I mean, there's so much stuff that's like kind of a GitHub level or hobbyist project for doing similar kinds of things. I mean, obviously HuffDuffer is just terrific. I love HuffDuffer. Jeremy's done an amazing thing made a beautiful thing out of APIs where HuffDuffer lets you basically point at any page that has audio on it. And then that will create, add it to your ad hoc uh, public feed. Um, other things I'd like, I mean, I, obviously the, the dream for me continues to be like a service that lets you point at any of the popular storage services and creates an ad hoc, preferably private podcast, like unfindable private podcast. Cause a lot of times I'm listening to stuff that won't be released for several weeks and I just assume it not be out there. Um, I mean, it's not like mission critical, but like, I'd, you know, I'd rather you download the episode, you know, when it comes near the time it comes out, like once it's ready to be public, but I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, then there are, I've seen services that are like, you know, Fireside, is that your, your ears? Yes. Yes. Fireside, junior, 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 where Uh it's like this super stripped down, like not a lot of care has gone into it way of like having an easy podcast, uh, thing. But I mean, I'm thinking about like what's happened in the past with Markdown stuff like, um, um, what's it called? That Highland? Like, but there's like these cool services where you can do stuff like, um, there's, there's been lightweight blogging things for a long time where you can point at a folder full of Markdown and turn it into a blog. Right. I kind of want that, but for podcasts. Is, yeah. Is what yeah. I'm that's, that's, that's a better way of describing kind of what I was talking about. Some kind of universal yeah. access point to it. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I bet with a couple or three afternoons, I could cobble something like that together, you know, I don't know, maybe even using GitHub. I don't, I don't know. But, um, but uh, you know, the other thing I want that is so creepy, but I would really like it. Um, I am a, I'm a creeper about getting to podcasts before their release. And I, I don't want to say I encourage people to do with my podcast, but I absolutely don't mind it. Like if I've posted it a day or two early and mm-hmm. you're a super fan and figure out how to get it. Right. I'm honored. Like I, I'm very happy if you want to get it. So my creepy thing that I want is a way to identify a podcast feed. I want a way to, um, say, okay, I want you to look at that feed and I want you to suss out if there's a pattern 
to how episodes um, – not iterate. What's the word I'm looking for? Increment? Right. So like right? if it's you know name of episode or yeah. if it's podcast name of episode dash number – right. Name of episode 64 or you know if it's name of episode underscore 95. Name of, you know, but basically identify whether there is a pattern to this. And if there is a pattern for this, I would like you to poll it. Every n minutes right. to see if there's a new episode. Or just because you don't want to wait, you don't want to wait. Yeah, and I mean anybody, not anybody, but a lot of people are curious. Like, what is Merlin talking about when he sends out these little clues about reconcilable differences? Well, you know, the truth is, like, I'm kind of giving you a clue that if you want to get it early, you can. Right. That's okay. I don't. You know, this is this is so the beauty you, of you the actually, You have a show done in the can, published and set sort of to draft mode. And you're just you're holding it back, and and you're saying it's okay if people think you might have one in the can that's yeah. ready to go. It's not like a security threat, or like if I'm going to be on the talk show, I would just as soon hear it like when it comes out or like when it's available. Although, like me with most of my shows, we're pushing right up to the last minute. Like, right. These days, I'm doing I do the posting I do the show notes and posting for um, reconcilable differences. So generally, I mean, we're generally releasing it when it's done, which is usually like Wednesday night. We generally do do by Friday, Thursday night. But anyway, I just wanted to say, like, you know, obviously, don't be a super creep. But like, if you want a podcast that's up and you can figure out how it, how it increments, go for it. Um, but you know, oh yeah. So anyway, to your point though, um, I mean, there are services. There are the dingling sort of like we want to make podcasting complicated services where it isn't like even on the server available right. until a script pushes it out with the publishing of the episode to the feed. Um, if you're not a podcast nerd, this won't make sense. But you know, if you if you use the popular Libsyn service. I mean, generally, most people just, I feel like... And, I, and shame I, on you if you do, by the way. Really? Yeah. Oh, Fireside's better. Oh, of course, of course, of course, of course. But um, like in that case, though, I, whenever I do it to Lipson, I do it... There's oh, such a terrible website. Um, I do it as file for download only. And if, it's, if you put it up as file for download only, it's just sitting there. Right. Ready to it's go. Just that it, yeah. So the audio exists. So the audio is not the RSS feed. I think it could be easy to conflate that if you're just a podcast consumer, but the media in most cases just goes and lives somewhere, but the feed is the truth, right? The feed is the thing that like when this uh, new episode is published to the feed, that's the first time that it becomes available to your podcast player, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. I can understand why people wouldn't want to do that. It could be that you've done a podcast about something that's embargoed, you know, it could be for like a, a like a special event. It could be for a, like it could be a surprise that you don't want people to be spoiled on or something like that. I don't. I'm not trying to judge anybody who does that, but I'm just saying like I, I'm deeply, deeply honored <laughs> that anybody listens to anything that I do. Right. Real talk. And if you want it early, I'm fine with that. You're okay with that? I am. I mean, why would that be? No, yeah, it wouldn't be bad. Well, you know, sometimes why not like just why end, hold it you, back? Why hold it back? Why not just put it out there? Well, you know, you've we've done we've had this happen in the past where sponsors, um, maybe not always, but often have um, like a very specific date that they want that um, ad read to be on, right? And so, you know, it could be problematic if their ad is out there before you know it's out on all the other things if they're doing some kind of a big push. But anyway. Um, but, but, you know, it's just another, it's another opportunity for me to be that particular guy and say that all of the things that I'm talking about right here 
are only possible because of the independence of publishers on this medium. The ability to hack on this stuff and be able to have fun with it and to do things like Huff Duffer, like it's that stuff goes away when it all just disappears into some kind of corporate app. Well, even if it's a nice corporate app. And that's the whole problem with with something like Spotify. I mean, you know, or or Stitcher or or SoundCloud. I mean, SoundCloud is just such a slow motion car wreck that anybody could have seen coming. Yeah, it really is. Your media is locked up in this weird format, in this weird app. It doesn't act like audio on a page, which, in my opinion, kind of makes it not a podcast. Mm -hmm. I know it's a podcast in your mind, but if there's not a download button on the page, dude, that is not a podcast. Totally agree. If If you're obfuscating it in JavaScript, like that's weak, man. That's just that's that's so weak. Totally. And then on agree. top of it, you get stuff like some of these things. Now, now they're saying that a lot of people's numbers, these numbers everybody likes trotting out about how popular their podcast is, have been greatly inflated by preloading mm-hmm. on uh, embedded players. Did you read about that? Yeah, I've known about that. the The player that I built doesn't doesn't preload for that reason. I understand why why you know it would be desirable from a user standpoint to you know cache a little bit right so like, I guess because like Apple it's, TV does it, yeah I mean it, it makes it so that when you hit play there's it it's instantaneous yeah. there's no delay and you know but, you have a pretty good idea where that person wants to start which is at the first frame right I mean but when but I was anyway I'm not yeah go ahead. well I was going to say when I was building out Fireside and, and testing with it I noticed right away oh yeah right these browsers but the the problem is you have to actually take great lengths because some browsers completely ignore. Well, whether you tell them to specifically, you can say, do, do not preload anything and they will still preload. So you have to take special steps to, uh, to, to prevent that from happening because, you know, and then every time a new version of Chrome comes out, they change, they change the behavior. So you have to write more code. It's, it's one of those. Chrome is hungry. Chrome does. They're very, all the preloading and the, the pre-caching. It's funny because as you know, and I'm sure a lot of designers and developers are in the audience but if you're ever using something like safari which likes to you know when you when you start typing something into an address bar safari is not the only one that does this but when you start typing something into the address bar of a of a website if you're doing the development and you're working on your local site and you're like watching the the console and watching the the server that you're running processing these requests like Mm -hmm. as soon as you start typing the local host or the local domain name that you're using, you will see hits happening before you've even pressed enter on the page. Like no kidding. Yes. Safari is aggressively trying to look at, and I believe you can turn this off, but it's aggressively trying to look at, um, at, at stuff and anticipate the site that you're going to go to. And yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting behind the scenes of what's going on there. Um, I want to hear about something you like, but first, would you um, give yourself a plug for your product? Tell people about what, what, what you're doing when you're not on this show and make sure people know about it. Please. Thanks. Okay. Well, when I'm, when I'm not recording this show or a couple of others, I'm working on something called Fireside. It's at fireside.fm. It is a podcast hosting and analytics platform that uh, I launched about a year ago. It took me about two years to build it. It's based on everything that I learned from working with really smart people as hosts using the 5x5 CMS that I built years and years ago. Uh, and everything that I learned from doing that and bu- doing 5x5 and making podcasts for a living since 2007 or 8, uh, and all the other people who have used it giving me great feedback and ideas, I took that and made it into a product that's designed to make it very, very easy for beginners and also um, very 
easy for advanced people to do the kinds of things they want to do with their podcasts. So um, that's what Fireside is. And it's uh, it's not for everybody. It's not for people who are looking to spend $8 a month and drop all their files in a bucket and host <laughs> their website somewhere else. That's not what it's for. It's a complete solution. It, Is it a turnkey solution, Dan? You could say that. And it, it makes a very beautiful website. We actually have uh, three or four new templates coming out in the next month or so and a networking feature. So if you have lots of podcasts, you could create your own podcast network all there. Everything is there. Uh, and uh, it'd be nice if you check it out. There's a free trial. So go check it out and uh, use the, why not? I'll do, a, I'll do a little code. Back to work for 20% off your first three months. I have to make a note to create that code. Uh, <laughs> don't try it yet. Don't try it yet, but I'll go, I'll make that uh, right after we're done recording. So by the time you're hearing this show, Unless you're listening Unless early, you're listening you early, thief. yeah. Then, uh, then you're an audio thief. Fireside.fm promo Fireside. code back to work for twenty percent off your first. Thanks, Fireside. Buck, buck. Yeah. Why don't you talking about something else you like? I could do that. Let me let's see. Yeah, now I'm all I'm mm, all over mm, the place. Mm, I'm clicking. Mm, mm. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll vamp. I'm hitting a button. Vamp. I would like to tell you about <gasps> LinkedIn Learning. LinkedIn Learning. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Learning. They uh, feature content from Linda, Linda lynda.com. People know lynda.com. They've been the online leader in in learning for the past 20 years. Now, that is LinkedIn Learning. It has grown. It has grown into LinkedIn Learning. That's what it is now. And so, if you want to learn how to do something, think of something you'd like to do. Think of something you'd like to learn, a skill. It could be related to technology. It could just be, a, as Merlin would say, a life hack something that you mm-hmm. want to do, they have a course on it. And the courses are created and taught by industry experts, people who are passionate about teaching and who are really, really interested in taking the things that they know and sharing them. And they have these wonderful courses, but they're designed so that you can learn at your own pace using whatever kind of method you prefer. That means you might watch it from start to finish. You might jump to a specific chapter. You might watch just a bite-sized segment. All of these things, it's up to you on how you learn. And so what, what kind of things can you learn about? They have these things called quick tip courses. Okay, so there's software like you might want to say, oh, great, my new job, I have to use Outlook in this new job. I've never used it before. How do I? There's a quick tip course that shows you like, here's how you can be a power user of Outlook in like 15 minutes, you know, same thing mm-hmm. for Excel, same thing for QuickBooks. And they also have longer courses that are going to teach you things like even they even have how to code courses. They have courses that will teach you Final Cut Pro or editing and logic. I mean, you name it, they've got it. And again, these courses taught by experts and they're really, really great. They even have like project files for you to download so you can follow along. They have quizzes that validate your learning. All this is built right in and you get access to every single course, all the courses you want for one flat monthly price. They're not uh, upselling, they're not upcharging. It's just, this is what you pay. You get everything. And it's available worldwide, works on your computer, your tablet, your mobile device. And they've got a special deal for our listeners, 30-day free trial with LinkedIn Learning by going to linkedin.com slash back to work. Simple, linkedin.com slash back to work, all lowercase. And uh, go get your 30-day free trial and get access to every single video. You'll know if you like it right away. And I think you will. So go check it out. Thanks very much to LinkedIn Learning for sponsoring this episode. Thanks, LinkedIn Learning. Buck, buck. What a time to be alive. A little, a little feedback I wanted to, a little follow-up from listener Jason. 
Uh, he says, hi, guys, longtime listener, first time correspondent, Dan, thanks for the recommendation to try Fortitude as an interesting TV show to check out. I watched a full season, got ready to watch season two, only to realize I had watched season two instead of season one. Uh-uh. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I just thought they were doing the thing where they reveal stuff that happened in the past in a clever, artsy way. I I've guess that. I guess I've not. I've done half an hour into an episode and gone like, wait, I totally watched this. <laughs> I guess not. Still worthwhile, cool show. I ended up watching season one and just treated it as a prequel. Thanks. I love Back to Work, listener Jason. Thank you, listener Jason. <laughs> that one was pretty I, I like it when people like stuff I recommend. It makes me happy. Fortitude. 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 Knowledge. Knowledge. Lamborghinis. 47 Lamborghinis in my Lamborghini. <laughs> I want to meet him. Is he going to the sketch fest? Are you going to be on stage with uh, with him at the with sketch? Lambo? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do some improv. Cool. Okay, I'm gonna need the name of something I'm great at and a brand of Italian car. <laughs> Shut up. Does I'm he, Ty Lambo? Does, does he, is he is he angry like that? He's really angry. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is my actual house and these are my books. I'm Ty Lambo. Knowledge. I don't, I don't think that's his house. Uh, there's been speculation. It's a rental. Rental. Like if Who you lives in a rental. Let me Gross. ask you this: if you yes, if you there. rent a house for a week, mm-hmm. technically you can say this is my house. I live here, right? He's not this lying. Is my house. Mm-hmm. What if you rented it just for the day? Mm. I technically, if I were to sign like a one day lease, like a, like a flop house kind of thing. Right. Like you just you just go there. You're just gonna you're gonna get a nap, maybe spend a penny. But I'm and, saying, uh, like, okay, way. so, like, when we were moving to Austin, we rented a vacation rental because we were, we knew we were going to need to be in, like, a – this is, like, before Airbnb, really. So, it, like, we had, like, a vacation rental thing. We were in there for a very short period of time. But, like, we lived there. We lived out of it. So, if I made a video and said, hey, check out my awesome house. Look at this great bird feeder in the backyard. Like, that wouldn't be lying, I think that's what he means when he says, this is my house. I live here. I mm-hmm. think he was there for the day or a week. Hmm. Like when he's in the other video where he's got uh, him and like 20 really attractive people surrounding him. And yeah. they're like, he, all those on might a, be rentals too. All on that a little be jet. Person B&B. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's, I think the people are rented. I think the jets are B&B. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is your next startup. Yeah. It's not too late to cash in it's on the not, dot it's com. It's not too booth. late. CES is happening right now. You you, you go over to Girl BNB and you let them know what kind of what kind of young lady you'd like to have. <laughs> I have and to you, go. You, to you girl agree? You agree not B&B. to have any guests. Girlbnb.com mm, yeah. exists. Mm. It is the standard uh, Apache forbidden. You don't have permission to access slash on this server. Oh, typical. Girl BNB. Someone's got your. You probably got to know somebody to get in. It's like an NZB group. What? Um, so, uh, yes. Thank you to listener. Who was that? Dan? Yes. Dan. Sure. Dan. Jason. Jason. Todd. (laughs) Aiden. Aiden. (laughs) Um, 20% off. 20% off. Months back to work. Back to work. Max redemptions none. And it'll be redeemed through the end of January. I'm clicking create coupon and her password. It's that easy. Done. It's that easy. Um, three um three things I learned this week. Three interesting thought technologies. Right. Three Wikipedia pages. This is the Internet Science Site. Uh, you know, I I know I learned about this from somebody else in a post or a tutor or something. I don't remember what, but this is a, a very interesting idea. Thought thought technology number one. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, Yerkes Dodson Law. 
Yerks. Kind of. Yerks. Yerks. And away. Dodd. Yerk. Back to Yerks. Um, <laughs> this is, uh, I, <laughs> this is kind of sort of related orthogonal to, uh, Chick Sent Me High's flow idea in some ways, I think. This is super interesting. I'm just going to read it from the Internet Science page. The Yerkes Dodson Law is an empirical relationship between arousal and performance, originally developed by the psychologist in 1908. The law dictates, I'm going to read this slowly. The law dictates that performance increases with physiological or mental arousal, but only up to a point. When levels of arousal become too high, <clears throat> performance decreases. The process is often illustrated graphically as a bell-shaped curve. Oh, I know where I saw this. I saw this on Tumblr. But it's somebody who's using it to talk about this phenomenon of, have you ever been driving in tra- bad traffic that's where you're also experiencing bad weather? Yes. And you don't want someone to talk to you? You don't want someone to like um, distract you? Mm-hmm. Or, or the commonly, if you're by yourself, what do you do? You turn down the radio. Right. Why is that? Why, why would you see better by hearing less? And if you really think about that, that's, that's a very interesting phenomenon, if you think about it. Right. It's like you almost want to <clears throat> prevent dis- any distraction, just, so you can focus completely on dis- just Distraction, the one thing. yeah. Distraction is the way I would put it as well. But it's, it's this notion that like, if you're doing something, uh, particularly that's something that's not very interesting – or you're doing something um, that's having trouble keeping your attention, it can help to have something where that's listening, again, listening to music, or it could be like, you know, being in a coffee shop or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. I think one reason podcasts kind of, I mean, after commuting, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, after commuting, another reason podcasts got popular, I think it's just people working at a desk, maybe doing something a little bit repetitive, something that requires some attention. But I just thought that was a really interesting idea that, that for a certain kind of task, you get increasing productivity by having some kind of stimulation or uh, their unfortunate word, arousal. Um, the, the increasing amounts of arousal can make you improve at that up to a point, and then uh, then it gets gets in the way. I thought that was such an interesting idea. I mean, the simpler the task is, the more you kind of want to be aroused and distracted. And right. then as it becomes a, a higher difficulty task, the more arousal or distraction, you like you want to tune everything else tune, out, tune out precisely. Right? Isn't that kind of an interesting idea. It's really interesting, and I noticed I noticed something. So uh, again, everything for me now. <clears throat> I have to relate back to Zelda in some way. <laughs> so in there's a lot of climbing around in, in Zelda. And when you first start the game, you don't have, uh, there are these things called heart containers, which are your health. And then there, there are these like stamina containers, which is not what you're thinking. It just means like how long you could swim or how far you could climb before you get tired and mm-hmm. like let go. So, there's a lot of climbing and sometimes when you climb, like especially when you're first starting, it's you're kind of slow and you know you can make it up this ledge, but you just got to kind of like sit there and wait while Link just sort of like climbs up the side of this mountain, the face of this rock. Mm-hmm. And I find that like when you're climbing, there's nothing else going on. You're just, it's not like when you're running and you're looking around, you might find like an acorn or a, a gem or something on the ground to pick up. You're just sort of like climbing this, face and like okay and like maybe yeah maybe i'll just start a glance at my phone or something i'm like what's wrong with me why can't i watch link climbing a mountain for you know 18 seconds or something how am i bored in that i'm playing a game how am i bored now but then when you're when you're fighting some kind of a boss of course you know no one can talk to you no one can speak there can be no other distractions in the room it's fascinating you're on to something 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is, uh, I don't know if this is the same thing, but like, um, on the one hand, I can't imagine looking at my iOS device while I'm watching Patriot or another show that I love. At the same time, I kind of can't imagine watching Shark Tank without looking at my phone. <laughs> right. It's or you know any kind of reality TV. It's so. It requires so little concentration. It requires. It really is just almost on in the background, as we used to say. But um, I'm not sure what the <clears throat> sort of um, uh, useful component, as you say, of this is. But I just thought that was an interesting phenomenon. Um, that, that on the one hand could be useful as a way. I mean, it's useful two ways, I guess, because it's always two things with me. On the one hand, it's a good way to say, like, wow, I wonder if this is difficult because I'm trying. I find I've got these distracted things happening around me. Right. Another might be like, you know, find the right kind of arousal that's appropriate for what it is that you are trying to do. Um, this got this. Let me jump down just a little bit here. I'm very interested in this idea of um, what are they called? Glucocorticoids, oh. basically the stress hormones that are created in anxious people <laughs> a 2007 review of the effects of stress hormones and human cognition revealed that memory performance versus circulating levels of glucocorticoids does manifest an upside down u-shaped curve and the authors noted the resemblance to the yerkes dodson curve for example long-term potentiation the process of forming long-term memories is optimal when glucocorticoid levels are mildly elevated mildly elevated mm. whereas significant decreases um, are observed uh, after uh, a low GC state. Um, this review also revealed that in order for a situation to induce a stress response, it has to be interpreted as a novel and or unpredictable and or not controlled by the individual and or a social evaluative threat as in a negative social evaluation, possibly leading to social rejection. <laughs> I don't know. That was super interesting. Wow. Yeah. You, you can tell I like this bit, but I'm kind of scared about how it's going to go with people. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell that, right? No, I think it's going to go great. Mm. You're just very, I think you're very, you know, you're rightfully concerned, but I think it's a good, yes. I think it's a new direction and I think people can adapt. All right. Um, <clears throat> second second thought technology comes via your buddy, uh, Asimco. Okay. Um, <clears throat> he he all, he's this. talking, <clears throat> excuse me, he's talking about bikes a lot now. He was talking about electric His cars and now it's all bikes. bikes. is fascinating. I, I read that toot about helmets like 11 yeah, times, I, and I'm I still not sure I understood it. <laughs> I don't think I did either. Okay, let it's, me... a, it's a real galaxy brain thing. <laughs> yeah. What he's saying is that let me find if the that. idea of having to ride with a helmet keeps you from riding a bike, it could be more hazardous okay. than not riding a bike, since riding a bike is actually a safer thing than other All things. All right, I got it. I put it in the show notes, too. Studies show that the <laughs> health benefits of riding without a helmet... So the health benefits of riding without a helmet generally outweigh the safety benefits of riding with a helmet. So if helmets discourage use, they are reducing public health. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a real, po- you know, it's interesting. I went and looked at the, at the thread and he got very well actually by a lot of people and he handles that very well. Somebody replied he- and said, <laughs> And I, I will just spell the word. He's such a he's such a gentleman. D a f u k, f u q. I'm sorry. D a f u q. Da fuk. Da Question mark. Da fuk. I think that's Dutch. Is to which he replies and says, "This is well understood and is part of risk compen- compensation. Compensation. Let me start mm-hmm. and say that again. This is well understood and is part of risk compensation theory. C de Jong P." 2012, the health impact of mandatory bicycle helmet laws, risk analysis, 32 open parens, five close parens, colon 
Hmm. I don't know what most of that means. Risk compensation is a theory which suggests that people typically adjust their behavior in response to the perceived level of risk, becoming more careful where they sense greater risk and less careful if they feel more protected. So what he's saying is... That's that's, that's obvious and brilliant. He's saying that helmet use discourages people from bike riding. Yeah. And in that case, the health outcomes are worse because it's you're healthier if you ride a bike. Yeah, I mean it's it's almost a form of risk management right. satisficing. Right. Yeah. There's an article I found on this also called Ditching Bike Helmet Laws Better for Health. And they're saying that People, right, and he, everybody in his in his dumb comments are all saying, "Yeah, but uh, I could tell you from personal experience, I nearly had my brain spilled open." And, and he's like, "Yes, that is true." On a personal, he's not talking about on a personal basis. He's talking on a much more like longitudinal level, right? Yes, if you're going to ride a bike, wear a helmet. That's a smart thing to do. He's not saying don't wear a helmet. He's talking about a, a much like bigger phenomenon, right? Which is, we would, I mean, we I mean, would like all be healthier dumb way to, if we rode our bikes yeah, everywhere. Right. Another dumb way to put this might be, well, like if I can't he- eat healthy, I'm not going to eat. Well, if you don't eat, you're going to die. <laughs> right. That's the ultimate not healthy. <laughs> um, and so he introduced this again in this ongoing thread of his about bikes, which has been very interesting to follow. Um, something called Marchetti's or Marchetti's, I'll say Marchetti's Constant. Um, Marchetti's Constant is the average time spent by a person for commuting each day, which is approximately one hour. Now, that by itself is not super interesting, but yes, most ask a lot of people how long a commute is. A surprising number of people will say it's about an hour. Marchetti posits that although forms of urban planning and transport may change, and although some live in villages and others in cities, people gradually adjust their lives to their conditions, including location of their homes relative to the workplace, such that the average travel time stays approximately constant. No matter where you go, there you are. What I might call uh, Merlin's closet observation. No matter how many closets you have, you will eventually fill all of them. No matter how much it improves, no matter how much your situation changes, your commute tends to stay about the same. I thought that was an interesting idea. Everyone should be riding bikes back and forth to work. Well, for a variety of reasons, I don't want to get into it. I don't like hearing from the car people, but um, I'll just say, let me, let me say the thing that I think is, is difficult to dispute, which is that if you're in a situation where a lot of your need for a car ends up being for things that are within a mile of your house, it's worth exploring what your other options are. Mm-hmm. I know it's not perfect for everybody. You move to the suburbs, that's your problem, not mine. Like if you're, but if you're anywhere where you can get to places, if it's not a case where you have to leave the giant clear bubble of Del, Del Boca Vistas 3 and 4 to get over to the 7-Eleven at Del Boca Vistas 9 and 10, like, okay, that's where you live and you can just sit on your toes still and be happy about that. But uh, I would just say that like, try at least explore for so many goddamn reasons. Please explore options that are not a single person getting in a gas-powered car to drive somewhere to spend money. There's 11 things wrong with that. Like, There's so many better ways that you could look at some aspect of that. And uh, it's stuff that I'm exploring, um, mainly with walking. Right. It's just not everybody can walk everywhere, but like, that's a problem. Okay. When people say, I mean, I understand you bought a house, you have a mortgage. I get that. But when people say, well, I can't walk to where stuff is, it's like, well, that feels um, instructive. You can't walk to places. Well, (laughs) maybe things would be a little better if we could walk to places (laughs) or bike or Segway or, or, you know, lift 
or like, you know, gang your trips with other people. I don't know. I just, I hate the idea of a future. I, I remember first feeling this driving down 280 to get to work where I was a single man, a man in a car sitting in traffic, surrounded by other single people in a car, all going in the same direction to almost exactly the same place. If there, if there was like a convenient trebuchet, it would have been so much more <laughs> useful. But instead, there's a bunch of people in Broncos sitting there looking angry. And I just that was the beginning of an awakening. It's taken me almost 20 years to go like, oh, man, there's something really dark. That's a dark, dark pattern of like people getting in a car right. to drive less than a mile to spend money and then bring it back to their house. There's something unsavory about well that. i agree with you and i'm i'm that's kind of like what i do i mean the the frustrating part is you know if you think if you think about the initially what we had in this country anyway we had kind of two options as far as where we could live i'm not talking about present day. i don't know how long 100 years ago 50 years ago whatever we had you live in a city or you live essentially on a, on a ranch or a farm or you, you know what I'm saying? Like very, uh, very rural areas. You're out in, you know, on many acres of land, perhaps you're, a, you're farming, you're growing things, you have some kind of cottage industry, et cetera. But mm-hmm. you, you, those were kind of the two and they were extreme. And then, you know, the suburbs were kind of people's attempt to say, well, I don't want to live in the city. That's not for me. But also, right. I'm not a farmer, so why would I live on a farm? Let's create something that gives us the feeling that we kind of have like our own homestead and we have our own land, but what we mm-hmm. really have is just a house and with all these other houses. You have a yard and you have a yard and a place to park your car. Right. And so, you know, and that's where I, that's the kind of house that I live in. We can't, mm-hmm. I can walk the neighborhood, but I'm not walking to anything in the neighborhood. A car is required for everything. Yeah. And, totally, totally the normal situation. And I, ha- but I hate it. I would love to, you know, but the flip side of that is uh, I can't really with, with the lifestyle that I've chosen and that my family is used to. Yeah. It's not a judgment. Just, just picking to be clear. up and this living is, in, it's, it's, in the city well, would be like a, but, okay, a huge well, here's thing. Here's what I'm saying, dude. It's take this the same way. That Horace is talking about bike helmets. I'm saying everybody should live their life the, the way that they want. It's just that when you get into a state of mind of like, I can't even understand why people would consider not having a car to drive a mile because of my situation. I'm talking about the state of mind where people are so cleft to this idea of like, Meh, I'm car guy. It's like that does not scale for the future or for your health. Or for like lots of different things. Anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to get into a thing. I just thought Marchetti's or Marchetti's constant via Simcoe. You can find it in show notes. I don't want. I don't want to. I can't. I can't take the emails down. I can't take it. He's uh, he's big on the bikes now, though. That's his thing. He he. You know. And, but if you think about it, he's thinking about European cities, most mm-hmm. of which were built before there were cars, right? And that's why, yeah. oh, we have these tiny little streets and everyone's on bikes. And it's, Well, yes, and it's wonderful. And biking is better. And walking is better. And there's no one arguing that. But these cities were built around the fact that people were going to be walking, not riding in cars. And if you go to a city like New York, right, which is, I think, I associate New York City more than any other city with cars and traffic. And just to walk you know, 15 blocks, you, you stop 15 times or more, uh, just to, just to let the cars go by the cars run New York city. It's not the people, Mm -hmm. it's the cars. And, uh, and, and so, you know, our cities here in America were built 
around cars. They were built to fit cars. So the whole mentality of what do you mean? Like ride a bike? Like why would I ride a bike? No one rides a bike, you know, but if you were to go overseas, everyone's riding a bike all around and it's like, great. But you know, for us to, to adapt that mindset and say, let's get, let's have cities be built around people and not around cars. That's a huge change. And that's, I, I'm fascinated by, he writes about this a yeah. lot and it's just fascinating. Yeah. I mean, it's not entirely different from where we were with smoking in say the mid eighties, where it was still a fact that most people smoked or oh, yeah. like a lot, a lot of people smoked. But like, if we had just thrown up our hands and said, well, I guess everybody's just going to be smoking all the time because that's how we've always done it. It's, it wasn't a way of like waving a magic wand and saying nobody's ever going to smoke again. It took a lot of, it took a lot of effort and pushback against very well-funded industries. We're going to go through that with guns until everybody's dead probably. But there's these certain kinds of public health things and public sanity things where like it begins with going like it does not have to be this way for anybody right. <laughs> unless we choose to decide that it has to be this way. Like what a backward thinking idea that is. You don't have to change today. It, you know, just, you know, helmets. Now, at this juncture, uh, I don't want to talk about this anymore. At this juncture, we can either talk about my third th uh, thought technology, or you can tell me about a second thing that you like. I'll tell you about the second thing. Woo! Uh, because it's Slack. Slack? I love Slack. I was just using Slack right before the show. Me too. Me too. I use Slack a lot. I was lot. in there. I was in there talking to John, John Syracuse and, uh, and Jim Metzendorf and talking about podcasts. There you go. And you that's, do. You just get on Slack. Slack is for podcast. It's for people to talk about podcasts. That's what Slack yep. is for. Especially teens. <laughs> I don't think it sounds like teens when you say teams. Well, not because now I'm going teens. <laughs> Slack. Because I have a dumb, I have a dumb Ohio mouth. See, if we were communicating in Slack, no one would have any question because they could see that the word is spelled different. I know. I know. Well, there's a lot you can do with Slack besides just talking about podcasting. Apparently, um, you can you can use Slack to communicate with the people that you work with with your friends, with your fellow podcasters, and it allows you to all talk together. You can see what other people are saying, what they're thinking. They recently rolled out uh, a little reply system so that if you want to create a little, a little thread, they call it, then you can say, you know what? This person said this thing, but I don't want to flood the whole channel Mm -hmm. with these little details that I thought of it. But at the same time, we don't need to make our own separate channel. And I don't really want to private message the person. But what's nice about the thread is when, if you and I were to start talking about some little detail, somebody else could look at the thread too. It's not private. It's not kept private like it is with a, with a direct message or a private message. It's not a whole separate channel that someone has to join. It's right there, but it's just hidden. And there, I think that's kind of summarizes one of the things I really like about Slack is that it's very easy to keep yourself from getting overwhelmed. And that's kind of their whole point. You know, we have so many emails that we get. We have, uh, there's so many messages. There's so many different channels of getting information. Slack lets you have everything in one place. It makes it super easy to focus on the stuff that's important to you and interesting to you. And it integrates with tons and tons of other apps that you might already be using. It integrates with like Zendesk for, for uh, support, Google Drive for like storing images and documents, Jira, which is a bug tracking system. I mean, there's they have over, I think, a thousand apps that are integrating with Slack right now. So another thing that's really cool, we have a developer channel for Fireside in addition to like the customer channels. And on the developer channel, whenever me or one of the other people that, that helps me works on 
uh, like a uh, like a like they push something up to Git, we get a notification in Slack that they've that they've made that commit or that they've pushed something up. Very very handy because that way, like you don't need to say I just committed that code. No, you're going to see the commit message right there in the stream. It's so useful. It's so handy. Uh, and my favorite thing, I've got it on my phone and my iPad as well as my computer, so. I can be working on something on the computer. It's time to go close the computer. And guess what? If somebody replies, I'm going to get the little notification on my phone. I can see it on my phone. I can pick up right where I left off. There's no Love syncing it. that needs to happen. Uh, I mean, it's great. I, don't, I can't say enough good stuff about Slack. I, to- I totally agree. And it's, it's, very, uh, it's very sane. Uh, I think it, as technologies go, it tends to encourage better habits than other technologies do. You know, people are kind of like... I don't know. It's just such, such a nice mix. I can't help but compare it to fa- compare it favorably to what we used to go through with email, where there was so much agita about whether somebody had read your message and are they going to respond to it, and like you, you have to reply all to everybody to feel like <laughs> you're the dingling boss. You right. got to like send it to sixty people right. and then nobody responds to it because you did that. And I don't know. I think like it's a great way if you have good office culture. It's not. It is not difficult for that to be reflected in having a very good Slack. So good on them. Slack.com. Slack.com. Is that all they got to do? That's all they got to do. Slack.com. Yeah, because you can go there and make a free account. You make a free account, free business. Um, use it for a long time. You know, it's it's it's, it's uh, there's no rules. Just go to Slack.com. That's Slack. No rules, just right. Yeah. Steak from the Outback. Our thanks <laughs> to Slack for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. Um, side note, I hate. Oh. I don't hate. Oh. I'm trying to stop using that word. It's a um, strong I really, word. I know, and I'm really, I'm still trying to stop saying it. I really dislike the new Google Calendar look. I tried it. I've tried to use it for like two weeks. I really dislike it. Let me look at this. I haven't even looked at it. I didn't even know there was a new Google Calendar. Ooh, I, I just really, integrate with. You're just swimming in JavaScript. It's really, ugh. I'm, I'm there. It looks the same. Uh, well, you could check under the gear. And see if you where is it under the gear? There's somewhere oh, oh, where you can, oh, your Google Calendar will get an upgrade soon. You can always go go and look at it. And upgrade you can now. Go no, I just said upgrade now. Mm. Got <gasps> like I, I get it. I this get what you're so going. So different. Well, go into details for an event and see if you like the way that's laid out. That's where I'm just like, what is oh, happening? It's weird. It's all like mushy. It's like it's like oh wow, pretty different. Yeah, this is jarring. I don't. I yeah. think I get used to it, but yeah, I, yeah. Um, finally, the third thought technology. Now, listen, listen, genius. I know you're really smart. And I know you already know this concept. Suck it up and allow this to be shared with other people that aren't as smart as you. Um, I love that I now know. I, I heard this name a long time ago and forgot about it. It's a concept known as Ship of Theseus. Do you know this term? Ship of Theseus. Ship of Theseus. This is a great Sounds name Greek. for a thought technology. Yes. The Ship of Theseus, also known as Theseus's Paradox is a thought experiment that raises the question of whether an object that has had all of its components replaced remains fun- fundamentally the same object. In this case, the, um, the Theseus from you know, the story. Other names for this, uh, what is it? Uh, another great name for this is a grandfather's axe. Is that what it is? Yeah. An instance known as grandfather's axe, where over uh, grandfather, time... The- grandfather Zacks. <laughs> He's the guy that did Watchmen. Um, uh, uh, where over time, both the head and the handle of the axe have been replaced. 
So, you know, is that still the same axe that it used to be? If you've replaced, so and the idea is with Theseus, the ship of Theseus, if Theseus' ship has had every single board and sail and peg and line replaced, is it still the sh- same ship that it was before? I'm sure that there are guitars in existence today that, that have been through this mostly. Yeah. Like if, you've already, if you've changed all the tuning pades, all the frets, if you've patched the whole thing. I don't know. I just thought that was such an interesting idea. Well, you know, they say the human being every seven years is completely regenerated. That's why we have air filters. Am I right? <laughs> that's, that's exactly. You know what you're reading about this raw water stuff? Are you following this? I have been following raw water. I don't know what it is, except that it's like, what is it? Unfiltered from a stream or something oh it's right from the spring it's still still got all the raccoon pee and skin flicks i drank some of that in (laughs) south korea once huh it uh it didn't taste good it was like supposed to be some kind of like spring and it it was like a mineral water and it tasted like minerals and it was but they're like oh you drink this and you get you get strong i'm like they had a bit on chapo trap house this week that will go down as one of the great chapo trap house um bits about this because it is it is funny and it's they go into a great rant about how like this is just another one of those like silicon valley like i can't feel important until i am doing something that normal people can't have and don't need that's too costly you know, it's like Elon Musk wanting to get rid of public transit. Like, it's like, it's just, bleh. now you want this raccoon water. Like, it's disgusting. Ship of Theseus. I think, but like, yeah, it applies to the human body. It applies to lots of different things. But like, think about a relationship. In some ways, a relationship is a, is a, a ship of Theseus. Or like, you know, how much of the thing that started as the relationship is still that relationship 20 years later? You've kind of have built like five different relationships if it's grown. Do you know what I mean? I think it's an interesting concept because it's, it's a way of saying, I mean, obviously, this is true for physical things, but I'm trying to draw out the analogical component of it, of saying, like, well, you know, when something is uh, completely replaced, even right. if it's a non-physical object, like, yeah. you still have that same feeling about it, or maybe you have a different feeling about it. Like, I don't know. I think it's an interesting thing to keep in mind, and I'm very glad that it has a name, Ship of Theseus. Ship of Theseus. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I'm always thinking about whenever I drive a car is like I feel like certain things in the world I don't not certain things kind of everything that exists in the world it's sort of damaged by using it you know what I mean like every time that you type on your keyboard mm-hmm. you're wearing down like the en- little entropy the like little switches entropy. right yeah public entropy and every time you start your car you're wearing down those pieces of the car. You know, every time the wheel mm-hmm. turns, the bearings are wearing out. Every time you turn on that light bulb, it's one less. Every time you charge your computer, it's like out of the th- you're going to get a thousand charges out of that computer. Right. That's one less. That That's I'll right. Have. And yeah. everything is that way. Everything yep. is that way. I feel like with human beings, of course, we have a limited lifespan and everything. But I feel like there's a there's a turning point where, you know, you're you're a child, and as you go into adulthood, there's a there's some point. And it might even be a day, it might even be an hour of a, of a day or even a second of a day where when you reach that, that you're no longer moving upward, but you're only going to be moving downward slowly. Even if you fight against it, like it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everything is kind of that way, you know, that like we we're all kind of, you know, something starts out and it's like anything you do, just the fact that you're just using it you're damaging it. And so every time you drive your car, 
you're damaging the car. You're wearing down the brake pads. You're burning up the oil. You're burning up the gasoline. You're, you know, true for a bicycle if you want to go that way too. Like, you know, the, the tires are wearing down, the gears and the oil and the gear is wearing out. You know, like all of this is happening all the time. And uh, I don't know why what you were talking about makes me think about that. But that's just, that's something that's on my mind a lot. And like, that's oh, just yeah. one of these things we just need to sort of accept that like mm-hmm. everything needs to be repaired. Everything needs to be replaced. Nothing lasts forever. And uh, well, like I used to say all the time, I mean, I'm quoting, but like, you know, every, every drinking glass is only temporarily unbroken. Right. It's like for, for most of the infinite space of time, the glass you're drinking out of right now will be broken. It just happens to not be broken yet. Right. Pointed threats, they bluff with scorn. Suicide remarks are torn. From the fool's gold mouthpiece, the hollow horn plays wasted words, proves to warn that he not busy born, being born is busy dying. What's that from? I like that. I've heard that. It's all right, ma. Bob Dylan. Of course. It's a good-ass song. That, that screwed it up at the end. That he not busy being born is busy dying. That's what it is. You got your, uh, you got your bell curve you know, for your day, even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bell curve for the human life. Yeah, am I right? Public entropy. Public entropy number one. Yeah. Um. Well, we got a lot of titles this week. I know. I'm trying to keep, trying to keep up. <laughs> I'm liking Demo High Mouth, though. I think that might be the winner. It's a good one. Uh, so that's it for this new segment of our show that should never, ever be this long or contentious again, uh, which is three things I learned this week, uh, also known as uh, three interesting thought technologies, also known as uh, the three things from the uh, Internet Science site. Brought to you by us. Back to Yerks. Back to Yerks. Back to work. I read an interesting article mm-hmm. uh, that uh, was written by um, Albert Hoffman. He is the discoverer mm-hmm. of LSD. Yes. Uh, did you read oh, this? Is this is in your scholarship about Wormwood? N- well, that that's what set me l- thinking about this kind of thing, and this is in some kind of art uh, publication called Lapham's Lapham's Quarterly. I don't know mm-hmm. what this That's is. That's the guy that used to do Harper's. Okay. All right. Lewis Lapham. Um, and this is a, an article that was written in 2009 by Albert Hoffman. Uh, he writes about his discovery of LSD in 1938. He was researching the stimulant effects of ergo fungus. And he, uh, he's, he, he, talks about how the he was exposed to lsd even just the most minuscule amount of it and uh and and had this very strange experience and then decided very quickly figured out okay that's because i touched this stuff and now i want to as a scientist take some more of it Mm -hmm. so he mixed a little bit of it in water and drank it and writes about what the experience was, but he writes about it because he is a scientist. He writes about it in a very interesting way and not, you know, he was not doing this for recreational purposes. He wasn't doing it to have fun or to trip or, you know, he was doing this without having any idea what was going to happen. And he was the first person to do this in the whole world. And What's interesting isn't, I'll put this into the show notes, what's interesting isn't just the fact that he 
was the first person to do it and that he was a scientist writing about it in a very scientific way, but that uh, how awful this whole experience sounds. Um, most of it, it just sounds, and, and a part of that, you have to think part of that came from the fact that he had no idea what was going to happen. It, it would absolutely. I mean, I've known damn good and well and planned ahead for a week and still felt like I was going through utter madness. Really? I've never tried oh, yeah. it. I have no plans to try it, but mm, I mean, I take the pass. It, uh, it's just fascinating. I, I think this is worth anyone to, to read because he, he talks about, you know, the, the dissolution of his ego and the disintegration mm-hmm. of the world and everything else. And, you know, I was talking to my wife about it and she tried it like once, I think in like early college mm-hmm. and she had an experience that was very similar to his. And she's like, I never wanted to do that again, ever. But I knew kids they can, in they high can school. sure they be it. real different one experience to the next. That is for sure. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I knew kids that did it like weekly in high or oh, more sometimes than it's that. just giddy fun. And then other times it's just harrowing. Really? See that, that's. That makes me, I mean, I have no plans to ever do, but that, that always was the thing that always made me kind of like leery of it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to be experiencing abject horror for eight hours or whatever. No, that's no good. You don't want that. Yeah. But uh, I, I found this article to be fascinating. So it, I, I also I, like the layout of the site. It's really pretty. Oh, it's a great site. It's I, nice, nice typography. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's gore. This is one of the most gorgeous sites I've ever seen. <laughs> what? I'm serious. That's a pretty extreme statement. Yeah, I love it. I'm obsessed with this site. Like I dove, I dove yeah. in. I started reading. The topography is great. The images Beautiful are great. It's, it looks good mm-hmm. on my tablet too. And mm-hmm. they got internships. Hmm. Love it. Oh, look at that! They sure do. And you can stay in touch with the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Dens of iniquity. Hmm. Nine times. Nine times. Uh, but, 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 but we're running a little bit long yeah. here. I know we've got another. How about I do one bit of uh, f- feedback slash follow up, and then you can tell me about something else you like. I like that idea. Oh, this is harrowing. This is from listener Don uh, on the topic of spam calls. So we talked last week about the weird, the the really weird world, seemingly rapidly evolving world of spam and nuisance calls and scam calls and. It used to be you just had like, oh, telemarketing, but you know, now it's just, there's so much weird stuff and it's hard to even understand like what the angle is. And you had, I think you had said that you picked up the phone and we're talking to somebody else who had also just picked up the phone <laughs> yes. and nobody had initiated the call. <laughs> that's and right. Somebody reminded me there's a very good reply all episode about this from Gimlet. That's very good. Listener Don's, this is so harrowing. Listener Don writes to say on the topic of spam calls, I recently had over 100 calls to my cell phone. <laughs> Apparently, somebody was spoofing my number for a period of about three days. Because so, so when they spoof these numbers, if you're doing the neighborhood spoofing scam, you're just picking a number, a random number that just has, is the same area code and register or whatever that's called. You know, the, the first six numbers are the same, and you can just make up anything for spoofing. You can make up any number you want. Mm-hmm. Like numbers are just numbers. There's only nine of them. Uh, well, I guess technically ten. Unless you're in base 12. What? Apparently, somebody was spoofing my number for a period of about three days. I only answered the first two, let the rest go to voicemail. Real people, (laughs) this is my nightmare, real people returning missed or nobody on the other line calls. Mm. Others thinking I was someone else in my area code. It seemed like most numbers were from the Carolinas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Nevada, and Alabama. Many irritated, of course, asking to be removed from my quote-unquote list. (laughs) 
Some threatening. Some seem to just want somebody to talk to. None registered as spam. I ended up getting my Android phone to do to. I ended up setting my Android phone to do not disturb, unless the number was in my contacts. Boy, that would be nice to have. And setting a voicemail encouraging them to file a complaint with the FCC. Maybe two understood my message. At some point, my number was probably registered as spam, so the spoofer moved on. In effect, I was being DDoSed. Yikes! Wow. Thank you for sharing that, listener Don. But this is why I I tend to not like I'll do the blocking, but I won't do the reporting on a spoof mm-hmm, number. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is a good reason why, right there. You never know if there's another human being on the line. Even even uh, when you're talking to someone that you know, you never know. Most people are human beings. It's the craziest thing. Um. And then, uh, why don't you tell me, Dan, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you tell me about one more thing that you like? Okay. I'll tell you mm-hmm. about a new sponsor that we have. <gasps> what? It's Mission U. Mission uh, U. You know what? I was just Mission U and I thought I would call. I Mission U. Mission U. <laughs> they probably never heard that before. <laughs> no, that's a good song. Anyway, our thanks to Mission U for letting us massacre your ad read. Hey, Dan, tell me about something else. I would like to tell you about Mission U. It is an education system for the 21st century. It's a one-year program that gives you the skills and experience that you need to like relaunch or launch in the first place an actual successful career. Higher education just got smarter, Dan. Tell me about it. Mission U focuses on teaching relevant skills that are needed to thrive in any 21st century career. So students of this program, you're going to leave and you're going to get a job in, in data analytics with a skill set that you can use in almost any career. That's what they're all about. And 80% live virtual classroom sessions every day from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. The other 20% of your time, bi-weekly in-person meetups with networking and skill development, all built in. The course material is based on real company data sets, so you know that everything you're learning, it's like actually applicable to the real world. The instructors are industry experts, and you get to work on uh, team-based projects, social gatherings that are organized to build real skills. And guess what? You're going to meet people and you're going to make friends to this. They break this down into what they call trimesters, three trimesters. The first one, you're developing skills like collaboration, critical thinking, communication, and you start in on the, the technical skills like Excel or Python or you know real actual skills that you can use. Trimester two, now it's all technical skills. You're learning Python, you're learning SQL, you're working with real data. Trimester three, an internship experience. They have partner companies all around and they actually help you do job search. They do interview training, they do resume writing, they do placement. And and all of this, I mean, this is for people who like want to start a career, who like solving problems and facing challenges and aren't satisfied with traditional higher education. It's a really interesting and, uh, and they have an application process. You tell them about yourself. They, uh, they give you a little bit of a challenge. You, you get to go into this program and you're going to walk away with like a resume full of relevant experience and a foundation for a career that you can actually do. So here's how you learn. And also they're giving, uh, you'll get a $500, uh, $500 that you earn upon completion of the full year program. MissionU.com slash back to work so again to learn more go to mission U, and that's the, the letter U, mission com slash back to work go check it out thanks, thanks mission, mission U. U. buck buck you get 500 back i mean how can you beat that can't beat that can't 
beat that. Uh, we got a couple uh, questions from listeners. I'm trying to pick out one that's easy because we're running a little. I like to keep it around a tight 90. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I like that too. I feel like there was a time in the 2011s when we were trying to keep it to an hour. Didn't we try that for a while? Yeah, we did. I think we it worked. It was no good. No. no. It worked, but it was it was a pain point. Hmm. Okay, you pick. So we've got listener Scott with a question about uh, getting back to work or uh, thoughts on work and school reentry after a long restorative break. Listener Blake with a question about uh, dealing with uh, being distracted by his coworkers uh, in a kind of n- negative Nelly workplace. I like the negative Nelly. Um, I have a question you might be able to help with. I work in an environment where we have an operations area. My coworkers and myself are in very close proximity. Sometimes my coworkers like to complain about management, other workers, other coworkers, and just life in general. I try to be a positive person and not get caught up in all the negativity, but lately the talk has increased and I don't really have anywhere to escape to, so I just sit there and listen. I tried giving social cues, not making, not maintaining eye contact, changing the conversation, giving one word responses, but it still continues. I think I might just have to come out and say, anytime you talk about that stuff, I don't want to have a part of it. But like most people, I want to avoid confrontation. I was wondering if you two had any ideas of ways to handle that. Not sure. Uh, yeah. So, what do you uh, what do you think about that? I mean, we, we this distraction seems to be like a sub theme for us this week, doesn't it? What's that? Distraction. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I feel like there's. I feel like there's at least two problems here because it's always two things with me. I mean, one problem is the having to hear the distracting negative conversations of your coworkers. Right. That's one, and then the other one is like feeling compelled to participate in it. Right. Is that like you're saying? obligated to to do it? Right. Yeah. And people not taking the hint that he doesn't. I mean. It seems to me that the secondary, the second problem is knock on of the first problem, which is the one that's actually bugging you, I think. Yeah. I'm guessing that, I mean, is it really that hard to say, I don't want to be involved in this? I mean, and he, I did not mention what his job is, but it's the kind of job where I just assume he paid tons of attention to what he's doing. Right. Um, and his coworkers. But I, it, I, I'm just I'm reading somewhat between the lines that I think he doesn't like the negative attitude. And then it just happens to be a knock-on effect that they're wanting him to participate. What do you What do you think? Yeah, I mean that's insightful. Um, but that this is a bigger issue for a lot of people. I, mean, I I think there's this trend right now, especially, but for the last few years, that your workplace is supposed to be also your friend place. Like this is your your workplace, <laughs> but it's also where you get all of your social outlet, and like you're supposed to hang out with everyone and be a part of everything. And like if you leave, we've talked about this. I think it'd be cool. It, it'd be cool with the vibe. Whatever the vibe right, is, you better whatever be cool that with is. It. Like you got to yeah. be like down with that. Mm-hmm. And like you can't just like eat lunch at your desk because we're all going out to lunch today. Well, oh, we're going out to wings. We got to come. <laughs> that's right. Hmm. Well. Know. I mean, I, I think that the answer that I'm going to give here is, um, I think, not complicated, which is you just got to say, hey, look, I, I don't want to be a dick, but like, uh, I really want to concentrate on what I'm doing. And like, you know, can we talk later? I don't want to talk. Like, uh, I mean, I imagine that you don't want to be, you know, uncollegial, but I think the problem is that's not the part that really bothers the listener. I think the part that right. bothers the listener is that, and I don't have an answer to that. Um, I mean, if you are at odds with the vibe of the room, um, that's a tough rope to push. It's difficult to get people to change. 
I wonder if he's if the listener is different, it doesn't matter that it's a he, but I wonder if the listener is in this fact of personality and comportment different from most of the people that he works with. Yeah. Like maybe is he, should... the, is he the weirdo here? Right. Right. You know, like if you work in a restaurant, you work in a kitchen, everybody works in the kitchen as an animal. They're all insane people. Yes. And like, you know, to, to be the guy who goes, you guys, can we all please be a little bit more positive? I'm trying to make a veal Oscar. Everybody's going to be like, what are you talking about? I'll cut you. Like, th- th- that's just how it is in a kitchen. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know enough about this industry to know, you know, what the, what the protocol is. Do you is. want to say what the industry is? No. Okay. Well, I mean, see, here's the thing. I, this is an interesting side note to me. When they interview somebody, like let's say it's on a radio thing. I mean, the classic example is when they black somebody out and make their voice go like this. Yeah, you know, and say uh, we this is we're calling her Susan, but we're not going to identify her, you know, for reasons of her privacy, so she can speak freely off the record. Right. If you saw anybody that you knew well in silhouette talking about something that you probably knew about would right, you, you would know, know it who them? it was yes you would know it of was of course them. if i if you would i go, saw like Hattie. A, what's she complaining about like yeah. right you would go like i know that person yeah of course you're not susan and i think about that on the radio where they go like you know right who's it really protecting evan hawkinson has been living in this small town in missouri for his entire 56 years we're not using his real name Although he is the guy who works at the only shop in town that sells this particular kind of shovel. We're disguising his voice. And it's like, oh, forget it. Everybody's going to know who this person is. This person's industry is small enough and his name is different-ish enough right. that like, there's, there's the chance. I doubt that a lot of people in his industry listen. But it is an industry where I would like people to pay lots of attention to the work they're doing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I'm not saying quit your job. That's for Dan to say that. Huh. But I, I feel like um, – it would be important to realize um, – I mean, you know, I, another a- attitude on this is that there are people – we've gotten more permissive than either of us would probably like with the occasional curse on here. But we've tried to keep this show so that you could play it for a kid. Yeah. I think you still mostly can. But th- there are people who will just flip the switch if there's a four-letter word in mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people who will – as good as something like The Godfather or Goodfellas or, you know – there are people who just will not watch that because it's got um, cursing and it's swearing, as they yeah, say. Yeah. So, you know, um, I wonder if – and I'm not trying to make you the weirdo here, listener. But, like, I wonder if, you know, in this case, you are kind of the weirdo. So, I mean, I don't think he can ask to have his desk moved. Like, what do you what do? You do? Yeah, What's, I don't... What, do we, what do we tell this guy? Guess go along with it or quit and get, get a different get negative. job. Yeah. Yeah. N- negative 18. Neg- negative 8. I mean, what else can he do? What else can he do? What else can you do? What, what, what can you do? You know, but that takes a certain amount of courage to kind of say, look, like, no. Okay. Well, if you want to take them down, here's one way to do it. When you're taking people down, a big mistake is to try and go at the whole group. Y- you, you are going to have to undermine the biggest guy. <laughs> Yeah. So if there's one person, if you do want to want to like go try and like undermine these people, or or you don't feel like I guess what I'm getting, I'm skipping over an important step. Have you considered like reiterating to them that they should stop talking like this? I wouldn't personally, but if you want to undermine them in a kind of Weasley way, you got it. You've got to divide and conquer. 
you've got to find some way or you'd have to narc on them, which I'm not sure is such a great idea. But um, you're going to have to find some way to – there's probably one or two people that are driving over 80% of the negative stuff. Those are the people you have to go after. And then the other people will follow along because people are sheep. It's kind of a life hack. Yeah, I like it. I say yes. Sorry, listener. It sucks. Now, how do we end on a happy note? Hmm. Um, you can t- tell me about how much you love Zelda. I, I do love Zelda. I'm so glad you like Zelda. It's, it's the best gaming experience I've ever had. I've played every, so every nice. console. Every console. Tons of PC games. Uh, it's just so much fun. Have you played stuff like the Syracuse games? Have you played stuff like Journey or Edith Finch? Or have you played any of those weird games? No, he tried to Last get... Last of Us. He talked to me about that a lot on Hypercritical. And he said, whatever you do, don't just go read the Wikipedia entry on, on Journey. <laughs> He's still saying that. And I immediately went <laughs> Don't and, watch people play. You have to play it yourself. Yeah, and I immediately read about it and it sounded fine. Um, yeah. But no, I haven't played those games... Because um, this sounds closer to that than a typical shoot 'em up arrow game. Yeah, it's not a shoot 'em up game at all. There's exploration. It's such a be- it's a beautiful game. You have to That's really what everybody says go into it with an open mind, without a goal. I mean, there are goals in the game for sure, and quests that you can do. But if you just go into it like, okay, what if you could be transported to a, a very interesting world and you could just explore it? That's yeah. that's all you need to go in, into this game. And it's, uh, there's one of my other friends. I uh, let them play it on my Switch, and the next day they had to go out and buy their own Switch and buy a copy of the game. And they had to like drive to three different Best Buys to try and find wow. it because they're hard to find. And like they were driving all over town, and they finally got a copy of it. And uh, and she loves it now. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's. Then that's definitely a positive note. But it, like I look That's forward to playing yeah. it in my spare time now. Like I really am enjoying it in a way that I haven't enjoyed anything like that for a long time, and it's a nice kind of escape too. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, and it's more more engaging than just sort of watching something on TV. Uh, although I will say that my daughter, who's six, uh, a little too young to play it per se, but mm-hmm. loves watching it. And uh, there are these puzzles and things that, that are, are called shrines inside of it. And you go into a shrine and then there'll be some kind of puzzle that you have to solve in order to, um, to get a spirit orb. And if you get four spirit orbs, you can use those to upgrade yourself in different ways. So the shrines are a lot of fun and they're puzzles. And she loves to like help me figure out Oh, how to cool. solve them and and she just enjoys sitting there watching it almost like a tv show and she'll say oh go mm-hmm. over there go in that cave you know uh so it's just it's a lot of fun and you know so it's, it's uh, i find it as i get older maybe i it's, it's harder and this could also just be the internet age but like i find it harder to find stuff that, into which i am truly absorbed right it's when you find something that that really absorbs your attention uh that can be a really nice thing and that, not not even in just a tune out way but something that back to that arousal idea that's something that's so well done that you kind of can't stop looking at it. And that's, that's, a, that's a great thing to have. That is a very positive thing. So we endorse uh, the Zelda game. We endorse it. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's uh, button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man.